your girl sylvia she heard hers hey this is tori she her and hers and we're back again yes yeah, social distancing physical, or physical distancing physical distancing yeah. um we had to skip a week because we had some technical difficulties and it frustrated us to the point where we didn't even want to fucking fuck with it so well we didn't it wasn't that it wasn't we, us it wasn't us yeah. yeah well it was us but it wasn't that we didn't do stories or we didn't record right you know we did those things we did it twice we did a whole episode and our our platform was not cooperating so we've made some technical adjustments that hopefully will work and hopefully we'll get this episode out there Right. It needs to be in your ears. Right. Your and and my mentality listener. is not like super good to be, you know, going three, three, four times trying to problem solve, record, and then, you know, no. it, it, it just wasn't there. We don't got four or five takes in us. No. Not, not now. When, when not now. We're not in pandemic reality. We, we might have a little bit more, but right now we yeah. just don't have it in us. And so we're just doing what we're doing here and trying it again for episode. This will be episode six of season two. Episode. Would it be really episode six yeah. or lost episode five? I mean, no, what is well, it? it would be technically lost episode six. Okay. Because we tried to record episode six last week and it didn't work. So, so that's lost. This is the this is the lost episode revisited. Yes. <laughs> revisited with new. With with new potential, not even the same thing, but you all never know because you didn't get yeah. to hear it. It's so. kind of like Star Wars. Uh prequel, postquel, exactly. whatever. Unless you're on the dark web and you can find wherever that that recording went. Yeah. yeah. And trust me, my IT husband couldn't find it, so you know, it, it was gone. It's, out there, it's in around. the Ethernet somewhere out there. Somewhere out there. Beneath oh, the isn't that what was American? No, Amer- was the, what was yeah, American cartoon? Tail the, with the little mouse. Man? Yeah. Yeah. That was a yeah. 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 That was a classic. Very. Um, Do you remember what the little mouse's name was? Fival? Yes. 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 And what about the sister? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Nobody cares about the sister. It's always about the mister. It was all about five. See, patriarchy at its best. Nobody cares yeah. about the sister, only about the mister. And look, and you fell for it because you remembered him. I did. I did. Ingrained in my soul. Um. So here we are, pandemic, shut in week. I don't even know. I don't even know. This. I lost track. We're a month into stay at home. We know that there is no more school for the rest. Well, there's school, but there's no more school at the schools for the rest of the school year. Um, All you parents are going to be serving as the teachers for the rest of the year. Um, I saw a meme the other day. And it's it's an adjustment for the kids. Yeah. Well, for the parents, too. 
I mean, when was the last time you did long division and fractions and other type of math that we said we'd never use this in our real life? And here you are. And you know what? That's what I was. My kid was just saying the same thing. He was like, why do I got to learn this algebra stuff? I'm never, ever going to use it. And I was like, you know what? I said the same thing. Guess what? I'm using it teaching you. Because in 20 years, you might be shutting <laughs> shut in with your kid having exactly. to teach them. <laughs> I, well, that's where we're teaching each other. So, yes, I finally got to use it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, oh, I saw a meme the other day that said, um, does anybody know the number to call for substitute teacher? <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that, too. That's hilarious. <laughs> that one's hilarious. So, yeah. you know, to all you parents out there that are teaching your kids, that are, you know, doing the teaching, I hope that if you didn't have it before, you've gained a new level of empathy for teachers and understanding of what they go through on a daily basis. Um, and just, you know, just remember that. That's oh, something yeah. to remember. And we do old school over here. Don't get out of line, boy. Otherwise, you get in a ruler. Yeah, but where do they go to detention at? <laughs> that's, how, that's how I grew up. Where's the principal's office? <laughs> Corporate punishment in full effect in the right. Escuela Gomez. Go. So how have you been trying to stay uh Insane. You know, I saw again, memes are a great source for validating my feelings. And I saw one the other day that said something about like, you get you have good three good days, and then all of a sudden you crash. And it's yeah. like, that is absolutely how I've been feeling. I'll have yeah. three, maybe four days, okay, I can get through this. And then then I crash. And mentally, I'm just like, I mean, it happened last week, I had to take two mental health days. Cause I was like, I can't do this. This is, I don't know what's the point in anything, you know? Um, and then I found actually, I, I saved these ones cause I thought this is freaking perfect because this is exactly, this exactly spells it out. I saved these, these, this, uh, so this comes from a, I think it's a tweet from Alexis Rockley. So there's a, this is a thread. She says, let me be clear. Those all over those all over the place feelings you've been having, they're symptoms of stress, not personal failures of yours. Do you feel flaky, inconsistent? That's because your brain doesn't know what the news, what news to brace for next and what next month, month will hold. Tired easily, that's because your brain is turning, is burning your energy 10 times faster than usual. Can't seem to focus, that's because your brain has temporarily shut down some functionality in your prefrontal cortex, the part that juggles complex tasks and planning due to stress response. Feeling creatively blocked, that's because your brain has temporarily diverted all its creativity, aka ability to solve novel problems, to how do I avoid dying while in narrowed, slow burn, fight or flight state. Yeah, I I thoroughly agree. That's why, um, you know, listening to that Brene uh, Brown, she does a podcast. This is an FFT moment, mm -hmm. you know, effing first time. Yeah. And, Fucking but, first time. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> right. And I, you know, part of what I always do, because, you know, we work with people mm -hmm. and I always, you know, and people come to us because they're, either struggling with change or resistant to change, whatever you want to call it, however they come to us. And this is a time where we, you know, it's so easy to tell people, 
well, just change something. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a moment where we all have to change something. Exactly. And it's difficult. It's hard. It's not easy. We get frustrated. But the good thing is that with this change, we're doing it all together, which makes it easy. So when you are looking at somebody else that we think or that you're judging to say, well, you should change something or you, how come you don't? Just remember just how difficult this time is, how mentally draining, how stressful. Um, And if you're changing something that not everybody is with you on, it's even, you're, you're even more isolated and even more alone. So yeah. people that are struggling with substance abuse, people that are struggling in domestic violence situations, mm-hmm. you know, things that we like to judge about, well, it's just, just change something. And right. this is including, you know, body image, whatever it is, it, this is a struggle with change. Yeah, like, for sure. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So um, so mentally, how am I doing? It, it's, it depends on the day, <laughs> depends on the moment. Sometimes, um, I find myself, um, you know, trying to find things to distract and, um, and feeling like, you know, I mean, as a person who already is living with depression, anxiety, this isn't, this isn't easy, you know? Right. And, and I get, I beat myself up, I think around it because, uh, as I do just in general, like, oh, I think I should be able to handle this or I think I should be able to get through it. And then, you know, you add this on too. So I think like, okay, why can't I, why can't the, why does it feel like I can get up out of bed? Because I'm like, right. what's the point getting out of bed? Like, what am I going to do? Go sit in the living room, go sit on the porch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. go for a bike ride. Yeah. I've been trying to buy, get out and go ride my bike and things like that. But it just feels so like, what is the fucking point? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to dismiss the fact that I am extremely privileged right that right now in this moment, extremely privileged. I have all my basic needs met. I'm able to work from home. Uh, my husband is still earning a paycheck. So we're still earning our paychecks. We're still, we have a, an immense amount of privilege in this circumstances right now, because there's many that don't, right? I get that. Right. And right. it still doesn't mean that the trauma stress that I'm experiencing is any less um, than what others are, are, are feeling. Um, right. you know, so I do want to acknowledge, I do have an extreme level of privilege in this moment in time that I have, I have, I have things I have, you know, I have housing, I have food, I have plenty of food, I have food yeah. that I can choose from, you know, I'm not, right. I'm not at the, the bottom of my pantry, uh, closet saying, oh, okay, what can I make out of this? You know? So, right. I, you know, I do want to acknowledge that. I don't want to skip over that, but, um, right. it's, it's definitely, it's definitely hard. And then I go to the space of what, when this is, when this, when this phase of it is over the next, level of you know situation we're going to be in um i think i have a lot of anxiety of the the doom anxiety of okay well we're probably definitely in a recession because of the amount of unemployment are we going to go fall into a depression are we going to be you know, the economic ramifications after all of this um mm-hmm. that then i can go into this gloomy doomy type roller coaster as well so um yeah, it's it's a wild, uncharted times for sure. Uh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, and I think as you were talking, you know about um, you know being privileged. Yeah, you, you are you know privileged, but that doesn't mean that the feelings are any right. less. 
So, you know, it's not about the situation. It's about the feelings. And you can have, you know, nothing and still feel good. Right. You know, and still feel fantastic about, you know, what, you know, or you can have everything and not feel good at all. Exactly. So, you know, so it's when we talk about feelings, just remembering that they are feelings and, you know. Yeah, yeah. all all of the emotions that we're all having are are 100 percent valid. And I mean, it's like that thing said, it's like on a physiological level, on a biological level, our brain is functioning different. Right. Our brain is functioning in a trauma response state where our prefrontal cortex that normally is responsible for executive functioning and and good decision making and all the things that that it's responsible for. It's in a slightly uh, flipped state, if you will, of that constant unknown. Right. Like what is going to happen next on the news? That's going to get COVID. Right. Like if I go to the grocery store, all it takes is one person and I come in contact with that person and I got COVID now. You know what I'm saying? It takes one molecule, right? It takes that that tiny little microscopic molecule that someone else touched, sneezed, coughed, spoke on that. I don't know. And (laughs) you know, I've then touched that thing and I don't realize. And then, you know, it's, it's that tiny, it's the, I mean, it is the invisible, um, right? That this is not something that we can see, touch, or feel, right? And so every decision that we make is a it feels like a life or death decision, right? Like right. okay, which I'm, is which is the fear response, right? Yeah, which is I'm operating all the time right now in fear, not yeah. that like fear like uh you know strangers hacking at my door trying to get in fear, right? It's that subtle fear that you need that prefrontal cortex to be able to calm yourself and your mind down. Yeah. And if we're not able to reach that, practice that, and we do that with mindfulness, then, you know, we're constantly in a state of fear. And it takes energy to try to calm your brain down to make sense of it all. 100%. Yeah. To lower that fear anxiety down. I mean, that's, and that's what I feel like I'm doing at this point is I constantly have to tell myself, you know, doing my own math in my head. What are the percentages? What's the percentage of the chance that I'm actually going to run into somebody when the numbers here and where I'm at are, you know, not high, like in New York. Right. You right. know, yeah. in the city of New York. So the chances of me coming in, you know, so it, it, these are the things that I'm playing in my mind and also washing my hands, doing the best that I can with, you know, trying to keep my risk low mm-hmm. um, and understanding even professionals, epidemiologists, or what are they called again? <laughs> epidemiologists. Ep- epidemiologists. <laughs> there we go. Got it. Epidemiologists. There you go. They, they themselves, have to practice and be conscientious of practicing cleaning hands and not putting, you know, their hands to their faces. So even professionals struggle with those things, but you know, we, we can only do the best that we can. And a hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and I think there's a piece too of um, finding and appreciating moments of joy 
And yeah. I had one of those moments where, and it seems very trivial, but uh, one evening I was, you know, I, um, I, I don't know why I'm on a cereal kick. I'm just wanting cereal, you know, like cereal in the morning, cereal as a snack. It's just, I don't know. Maybe it's a comfort yeah. from, from childhood or something. I don't know. But so I've been, eating, been eating a lot of cereal. What kind? Well, what cereal? Um, yeah. Right now I got Special K almond vanilla and oh, that's Special good. K with the strawberries. Mm, I so like the special K with the, the chocolate. Two. Oh, I, have, I don't like, I see, I'm not a chocolate person. So, yeah. But anyway, you were going on about Anyway, cereal. so I, I, one evening I was like, ooh, I want a bowl of cereal. And so I made myself a little bowl of cereal. And then I went back, um, took it back to my bedroom because I've been watching these damn Real Housewife shows. <laughs> been binging on them. And um, I, and for a moment I was like, you know what? They had that guilt moment of like, you know, oh, geez, look at you. And then I has I had this moment of like, you know what? No, take this opportunity to sit and enjoy this bowl of cereal. Enjoy the fact that you can just snuggle up in your bed and watch these stupid trash TV because yeah. we don't know what the future holds. And I may look back and be like, oh, wow. I should have taken an opportunity to enjoy that bowl of cereal in my bed. Right. Like, right. Um, so it's, Oh, I think we have to give ourselves permission to find moments of joy and just, just live in them and feel them. And, you know, whether that's a bowl of cereal in bed or, you know, sitting out on your porch in the sun, letting the sun hit your face and just, you know, really live in the moment Right. Because it's so easy to go into the catastrophizing of the future and the unknown. Right. So, um, right. Um, and then, you know, for viewers, when we talk about, you know, everybody talks about live in the moment. It's, you know, what does that mean? Like, how do I know I'm living in the moment? And it's really about being present with nothing else going on in your mind, but feeling the bed sheets, mm -hmm. the texture of that cereal, the taste of that cereal. Mm -hmm. If you're with your family, it's really paying attention to your kids. What are they doing? What, you know, so it's really using all your senses in that moment as what's around you, your feeling, your touch, your smell, your sight. That's, that's the, piece right. of living in the moment that's yeah. what it means when they say just live in that moment 100 percent, not thinking about you know my 600 pound life yeah <laughs> you know? not thinking about tomorrow's work right. the frustrations it's about that exact moment and living to its fullest right. so yeah. yeah so that that definitely is is for sure. So, uh, do you want to get into some stories? Do we have some stories for people? Should we talk about some stories? Yeah, let's get into some stories. All right, what you got to um, get us started? Uh, so, uh, actually, a listener um, was like, "You guys need to do this story oh. because um, the listener's husband actually works." at a grocery store okay and um you know they're like he's like something has to be done because people are not practicing oh and then my son works at a grocery store okay. too yeah and he's saying the same exact thing mm -hmm. people are just going into stores just wandering around 
uh, not practicing social distancing, not a care in the world, mm. and just, you know, acting as if. Yeah. And he, you know, he's frustrated and um, they're frustrated. So this one is Fox 12, Oregon. And it this one is experts say it might be time for grocery stores to ban customers from coming inside. Mm. This one came out, uh, it was posted April 19th. Dozens of grocery store workers have died from coronavirus despite masks, temperature checks, and capacity restrictions to keep them safe. So far, supermarkets have resisted the most draconian policy, banning customers from coming inside. However, some work worker experts, union leaders, and small grocery owners believe it has become too dangerous to let customers browse aisles, coming into close range with workers, Grocery stores are still flooded with customers and experts say it's time for large chains to go dark to the public and convert to curbside pickup and home delivery for food and other essential goods. Mm. Careless customers are probably the biggest threat to workers right now, according to Mark uh, Perona, president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. The union said 85% of its grocery store member workers reported that customers are not practicing social distancing in stores. Anything that reduces the need for interaction with the public and allows for greater physical distancing will ultimately better protect grocery workers, uh, said John Logan professor and director of labor and employment studies at San Francisco State University. Shutting stores and repurposing them for pickup and delivery only would be a positive step. Many small independent grocery stores have done this to protect their staff. Mike Houston, general manager of Tacoma Park Silver Springs Co-op in Tacoma Park, Maryland, decided to close his grocery store to the public in late March when the state announced a shelter in place and switched to curbside pickup. It was clear that there was no real way to protect my staff and the public, especially as we serve 960 people a day on average mm. in a 4,200 square foot store. I'm unwilling to put grocery store employees essential though we are in a position to risk what we can with, with excuse me uh in a position to risk what can be a fatal infection and so it goes on and on about um you know what that would look like and here in the pacific northwest we have fred myers they do uh pick up curbside pickup mm-hmm. um safeway does curbside pickup mm-hmm. but the problem is they also allow unlimited customers to go inside mm. yes they have little you know this shields up yeah. in front of the here they have some x's on the floor but in the aisles um the people are still wandering up and down the aisles not really practicing social distancing and how can you if somebody wants this you know on one side of the aisle and you know how it is even before the social distancing two people going uh, in one aisle going the opposite way you're right to each other there's no social distancing there Mm -hmm. and then for the workers who are putting product out there people just reaching over you know, just total disrespect and and just lack of it. And um, I, I I thoroughly believe that grocery stores should switch 
they should have switched yeah. to curbside. Yeah. I mean, that's just bottom line for everybody's safety. Yeah, no, I think that, um, I think that's not a bad idea. I think it also would, um, limit the people, you know, we, we talked about this, uh, you and I just, I think talked about it, or maybe it was in the last episode. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we get it. it. It sucks being at home all day. And so people, you get those people that are just going around and browsing. They're not even buying yeah. anything. They're just like, right. well, we can go to the store. So let's just go to the store, you know? Right. And so they're not even getting there to get essentials. They're just going for an outing and that is causing problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually used targets, uh, drive up, pickup the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, I hope they keep it after this. Cause I, fucking loved it like i got on the app i i looked for what i needed put it in the thing they sent me an email about an hour or so later saying it was ready um it will track on the app where you're at so they know when you get there um, oh yeah so i mean if you want it to track your location yeah. right yeah. yeah so um and i said yeah while i'm using the app you know so i it was interesting too to watch on the app because as soon as i got to in front of where target was it like it switched over to like um, your your people will be out in a second, right? So it knew I was there, yeah. and so I pulled into the spot, and I didn't even have to put it into my car. The guy put it into my car for me. Yeah, same like, with Fred Myers. No contact. Um, he just said, "You don't want it in the back of the front." I said, "Just put it right there in the front." He just reached in and I put down the window. He set the bags in. Dunsies drove off. Right. Right. I've I like that. Loved it. I loved everything about it. I um like I said I think if they I hope they keep it after all this cuz I'll probably use it on a regular cuz you then you don't have to deal with people like just in general. Or the regi- the cash register. Right. Yeah, like yeah. you know, um I don't yeah. have to shelf check myself out. Um I went to um I went to I ended up ha- I had to go to Walmart the other day. I um I was looking for something specific. Um, I was trying to update my porch a little bit to make it a little bit more comfortable to sit on, you know, like mm-hmm. putting some plants out, you know, make it a nice little kind of space for me to sit outside. Cause I live in an apartment, so yeah. I don't really want to hang out in the grass outside with all the fucking kids and you know, that are out there. And so, you know, I've been making these little, uh, shelves for plants and whatnot. And so I'd gone to Lowe's and they didn't have what I need. And so, I don't, honestly, I don't try to shop at Walmart because I don't agree with their business practices and the way they treat their workers, et cetera, et cetera. So I um, decided to, okay, well, it's right here. Let me just go see. And lo and behold, they had exactly what I was looking for. (laughs) But the whole time I'm there, I'm just like, oh, man, like people don't, it's like people are like, just be aware, like how close you are to someone, right? Like I was trying to be very conscientious about like, okay, if I got kind of close, well, let me just go down this aisle and wait and then go over here. And you know, one, one guy went out cause I was out into the garden section and I needed some potting soil. And, um, uh, he was kind of in the area that I need. And he's like, do you need over here? And I said, well, I don't know which one I want yet, but I'm, I'm probably going to pick one of those. And he was like, very nice. Like he was like, oh yeah, here I'll move. And, um, he let me go over and get what I needed. And, but oh, that was at Lowe's, but then at Walmart, I mean, there's full on families. Like you're walking around. I'm just like, you're walking around with your fucking four kids who don't need to be here right now. But why are you subjecting your children to this? Number one, 
Why do both of you need to be here? And I get it. You're bored. You want a family outing. Like, I understand it. But the the aisles of Walmart is not the place to do it. Right. Because, you know, they're just dawdling along, looking at shit on the shelf. And, you know, and so I'm trying. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And they're just, the kids are all, uh, you know. It's like, just fucking use your common sense. Get in there. Get what you need. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I'm not telling you what you can go buy or anything. I'm just saying, get in there, get what you need, get the fuck out, and don't bring right. your five kids along with you on a trip. On an, uh, it's not field trip time. This isn't your right. school field trip. And they're not right. writing. Uh, hopefully, they're not writing a report on their field trip to Walmart. You know. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, and that's that's what my my son is saying. He goes, it's not like. The people are bringing families. It's not like it's one person coming in to get their items and they're just dawdling around. Yeah. They're, they're not there to really buy anything. They're just bored and they're just perusing just to peruse. Yeah. And total disregard for anybody else's safety or even themselves. That's the other yeah. thing is, you know, and then, you know, when you start thinking about people being laid off, that means people with no health insurance. Yep. You get sick and you have no health insurance and you're put on a ventilator. You ain't good gonna, luck with recovering financially from that. Yeah. You're not going to be able to, you're not no. going to be able to. And that's a whole nother issue of, of this whole fucking debacle and our fucking ass wipe of a goddamn government we got right now right. is that you are, you know, you won't open the exchanges. You won't do the things to provide health insurance. Um, that people will, I mean, that's why I was talking about the after effect of all this, right? How yeah. many people who are being treated and they don't have health insurance are going to have thousands of dollars of medical bills that they will not be able to pay, which will then lead to losing their housing, you know, just like the spiral effect of it. So stay home, stay safe is exactly what it is, right? Like stay home, yeah. stay safe. If you want to, peruse aisles go online take your phone outside go for a walk and peruse an app <laughs> you know yeah. window shop online you know or take the kids for a dang walk around the neighborhood exactly yeah you, you can know? go for a walk you can go for you know you can go do something at the park you can't be on the play structure but you can go outside and go for a walk you yeah. don't need to go to walmart or target or whatever other store um just because you're bored right yeah Exactly. And then, and then, cause you want to eat in the little food eatery. Yeah. Which, why are those open? Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. That's I mean, I'm like, why is bedding open? Why is, you know, it's essential items only yeah. food, you know, uh, yeah. Food, medicine, yeah. your pharmacies, but why is your little eatery open? Why are, you know, your towel you know, home goods. Right. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think they should spread them apart. Like, you know, close, like if you're a grocery store, like a superstore, you close all the other items down mm -hmm. or, you know, and give the business to say home Depot or Lowell's because yeah. they're, you know, for home projects. Right. They're open. And they, yeah. I mean, and their warehouse is huge. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. I when I was at to, Lowe's, I, I barely came close to anybody like, right. You know, it so was, it's like move those people over there yeah. 
spread people to go to different stores. Not yeah. we don't need superstores right now. Right. You exactly. know. Exactly. So close all the non-essential spots. Leave your grocery store open, and then let other people, you know, go to other, you know, stores to yeah. get their items. One hundred percent agree. You know. So. All right. Well, um, I'm going to take a story a little bit different direction. Um, something you, you've probably all been seeing on, on social media is, um, people sharing their senior photo. Um, because as we know, the seniors are, will not have graduation. Um, yeah. and so, so why is people... it about us now? Huh? Why is it about us now? <laughs> now we all have to share or what, what do we support? We ain't supporting the kids that are, you know, I can see them showing their graduation picture. Right. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand the concept anyway. When I saw it, I'm like, how is that supporting? That's just showing your freaking 20, 30 year old photo. It ain't about that. What? Um, so um, this comes from WYFF4.com. Thinking of sharing your senior photo on Facebook? Think twice, warns the Better Business Bureau. Um, shut in from novel coronavirus. Many are turning to trends on social media to fill time and keep spirits raised. One popular twin trend is posting your high school senior photo as a show of support for the graduating class of 2020. Um Watch out, the Better Business Bureau warns. Scammers or hackers who surf through social media sites will see these hashtag class of 2020 posts and will now have the name of your high school, your graduation year, which are common online security questions. All it takes is an internet search to re reveal more information about you and such family, such as family members, your real name, date of birth, and even where you live. The Better Business <laughs> Bureau recommends you follow these tips on their website to keep your posts safe. Resist the temptation to play along. While it's fun to see others post, it's uncomfortable. If you're uncomfortable participating, it is best not to do it. Review your security settings. Check your security settings on all social media platforms to see what you're sharing and to whom. And change security question settings. If you're nervous about something you shared, possibly opening up your fraud review, change your security settings for banking and other websites. Um, so, you know, this is a common thing before all of this. This is a great way people find out that kind of information, which are common security questions. So there's those, you know, this share your, your photo, your senior photo. But there's also those ones that, like, um, you know, play along on this game, like name the – where did you grow up? What high school you went to? What's your parents' name? You know, like – yeah, and and isn't that those are then they come up with you're the baddest bitch of all yeah right? yeah like so, you're answering these questions just so that you can get one of them you're the you know coolest yeah or your your stripper name is blah 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 <laughs> so you know anytime someone is trying to get you to share stuff like that that's a great way for people to find out the answers to your security questions because Honestly, a lot of people don't think about when they have those security questions, they don't actually have to answer the, the truth. Right. Um, like if it asks for your mom's maiden name, you don't have to put your real mom's maiden name. You can make up right. a name. 
<laughs> but people just by default will put what the, the real answer, right? Date because of birth. they want their real ghetto name or their no, real I mean, in terms name. of like uh, if you're signing up for like in your bank, right? So, when, oh, oh, so, so oh, the security oh. questions with, that say like, here's a security, like if you forget your password, here's a security question we'll ask you, mm-hmm. you know, what's your mom's maiden name? You don't have to put your real mom's maiden name. You could put something completely made up. That, and which will limit the ability for people to fish that information from these stupid quizzes and things like that, because yeah. you, you know, your mom's maiden name is Brooks before in real life. Well, just say Smith, you know, yeah. that's a common fucking name. Um, or maybe not Smith. That's probably an easy well, one, but you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I was going to say. I was like, well, what if they guess Smith? Yeah. So, um, but you can lie about it. Yeah, like you, you can use your grandmother's Exactly. The, those security questions, you do not have to use the your real answer. Um, including right. date of birth, right? Like a lot of times apps will um ask you for your date of birth. And it was actually kind of funny, uh on Marco Polo, uh we have some we have a kind of a group one for uh the people I work with. And uh, you know, it came up one day that it was so-and-so's birthday, wish her happy birthday. Right. And so mm-hmm. everybody was like wishing this person happy birthday. Well, I remembered that she had a birthday back in December. Right. And, um, you know, one of the ladies was saying, oh, you know, Hey, so-and-so, I think, you know, I, we got to wish you happy birthday. And I said, so then I got on the marker. I said, I bet you that's not her real birthday because she's smart enough. She's, you know, she's a millennial. So she knows yeah. you don't put your real date of birth on these apps. Because right. that's how they get to know you. That's how they share your information, blah, blah, blah. So don't share your senior photo. How about instead just put a nice post around, hey, wishing the graduating class of 2020 the best. You know, we're sorry that you don't get to have your, you know, graduation. Um, if you have somebody in your family that's, you know, graduating or would be graduating, like, hey, shout out to, you know, cousin Timmy because – He's not going to get to have his, you know, graduation, blah, right. blah, blah. Like you don't, you're not celebrating them by posting your picture. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it to begin with. Like, yeah. why? <laughs> I didn't understand either. I was like, and plus I don't do any of that stuff anyway. Don't, don't send me them, uh, send this to 10 other oh, people. Those are yeah. even worse. Don't get me started yeah. on those. Oh. Or, or. Or the one, you know, the tearjerkers about cancer. Right. And yeah. And then if you don't send this to five other friends and uh, like, yeah, yeah, no, that's where those messages, you send it to me. That's where that message has come to die because I'm not forwarding oh, yeah. it. I, I, I'm not resending it. Yeah. I'm not sending you a virtual hug. It ain't going to happen. Just so stop. <laughs> stop sending it to me. Yeah, if you want a real one, you better get in the car and come and get it. Yeah, after physical distancing is over. Um, (laughs) All right, you want to take a quick break? Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we back. To what do you bring to the table? All right, we're back from our little breaky break. Oh, I haven't said breaky break in a while. That's, yeah. a, that's a blast you, from the past. Good. Yeah. I mean, shit's working, right? Like, yeah. at this point, we're just happy. Shit's working. It's recording. We're yeah. not losing files. Yeah. Life is fucking good in podcast land right now. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. 
Oh yeah, you're, for sure. You're over there crafting, so hey, that yeah. you know, you're happy about that too. So um killing two birds with one stone. Is that politically correct to say? I think killing that's okay. Birds, yeah. Peter's not gonna get me. I don't think it's oh well, I mean, I don't think it's nonviolent communication, but um in terms of uh you know that but i mean sometimes like come on are we gonna really just every little goddamn thing like <laughs> punching punching one punching one nazi with one hit punching two nazis with one fist i don't know maybe that's it um, all right all right so what you got next story. in your stories so, you know, in these times of COVID, people looking for ways to reduce their anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and here in Oregon, uh, they got their dispensaries and stuff. So for info, uh, CNN Health, smoking weed and coronavirus, even occasional use raises risk of COVID complications. Um, if you're Smoking weed to ease your stress during the coronavirus pandemic, experts say it's time to think twice. Smoking marijuana even occasionally can increase your risk for more severe complications from COVID-19, the disease caused by, you know, the novel coronavirus. What happens to your airways when you smoke cannabis is that it causes some degree of inflammation very similar to bronchitis, very similar to the type of inflammation that cigarettes that cigarette smoking can cause, said pulmonariologist Dr. Albert Rizzo, the chief medical officer for the American Lung Associate, Association. Now you have some airway inflammation and you can and you get an infection on top of it. So yes, your chance of getting more complications is there. Hey, wait, you might say, I've only just started and I'm not smoking much. What's the harm? The problem, said Dr. Mitchell Glass, a pulmonologist and spokesman for um, the American Lung Association. Oh, wait. Oh, is that the last thing you want during a pandemic is to make it more difficult for a doctor to diagnose your symptoms? COVID-19 is a pulmonary disease. Do you really want to have a confounding variable if you need to see a doctor or a healthcare worker by saying, oh, and by the way, I'm not a regular user of cannabis, but I decided to use cannabis to calm myself down. You don't want to do anything that's going to confound the ability of healthcare workers to make rapid, accurate assessment of what's going on with you. Uh, That cough from smoking or coronavirus. Chronic marijuana smoking defined as daily use damage the lungs over a period of time. The end result looks a lot like chronic bronchitis, which is, of course, one of the terms we use for chronic obstructive lung disease, or COPD. Smokers, people with COPD and other chronic lung diseases, as well as people with moderate to severe asthma, are among those at high risk for severe illness from COVID-19, including the worst case scenario of being placed on a ventilator in order to continue breathing. Signs of lung damage from smoking, even just a few cigarettes, can show up in a matter of days. While a hit or two of marijuana doesn't compare, there are some unique properties in a joint of weed that are definitely problematic for the lungs even if you're a new smoker, Glass said. Think of what happens to a cigarette when lit and left in an ashtray. It will burn quickly all the way down to the filter with nothing left but ash. 
it's surrounded by paper. It's completely dried out. It's just, it's, is made to burn at a very high temperature. Now think of how a joint burns. There's always some weed left. And then quote unquote, the roach as it's called. Marijuana burns as much, oh, marijuana burns at much, much lower temperatures than a commercially made cigarette. Because of that, the person is inhaling a certain amount of unburnt plant material that irritates the lungs in some manner as ragweed, birch or oak pollen does for those allergic to them. So right off the bat, there are those patients who would be increasingly susceptible to having a bronchiospasm or cough because they have a more sensitive airway. And since a dry cough is key sign of COVID-19, any cough caused by smoking a joint of weed could easily mimic that symptom, making diagnosis more difficult. There's There's another factor as well, as we all know, weed not only calms you down, but it messes with your ability to function. And that, and that does you no favors if you find yourself having a medical emergency during a pandemic. You're reducing anxiety, but that is still, but that is still a change in your thinking, a change in the way you are handling facts, how you're grasping situations. Now there's a healthcare worker who is gowned, gloved, possibly in a hazmat suit, trying to get through to you These are people who are trying to decide if you should be going home, coming into emergency room, or worst case scenario, that you need to be put on a ventilator. They want the person who is green and giving informed consent to be completely in control of their thought process. Um, And then it goes into more, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, that more people are using blue, blue, blue. So um, I... I don't think, I don't know if I put that on Facebook because, you know, a lot of people are smoking um, or I don't know if they're smoking, but, you know, some people who are partakers, what other options could they do if they're using it for anxiety as opposed to smoking? Because we know smoking is what's increasing, you know, the problems in the lungs, making more respiratory, you know, difficulties, but, you know, for somebody that wants to get the benefit, I think perhaps maybe uh, you could share a little info on what other options. <laughs> not that you are an expert of anything of any sorts. I do not claim to be an ex- expert in cannabis uh, knowledge, but I do have a little bit of uh, I- increased knowledge. Learning. You got a little bit of learning. I got, I got some, yeah. First off, I, I do want to say that, okay, yes, and maybe, right? The, the issue I have with anything that tries to say cannabis does this, that, or the other is it's only at this point. We have no clinical evidence of what cannabis does because it's illegal to clinically study in this country because it is still federally illegal. So I really, I really take pause when something says this is what cannabis does and this is because we have no clinical studies because we can't do clinical studies. So um, is it the best idea to, you know, uh, the other the other issue I take with the article is probably people aren't showing up high to the uh, emergency because of potential COVID, right? So it made it sound like, oh, this person's going to be all fucked, you know, all high and when, when the nurse is just trying to treat them, you know, no. Um, I will say this is that if anybody, if you, if, if you do have some sort of, you know, pre- 
predetermined, preconceived, or what do they call that? Pre-existing lung condition, asthma, things like that. You should probably take caution around cannabis because there is no proven study of what it may or may not do, right? Um, mm-hmm. I will say there is many, many, many other um, opportunities to enjoy cannabis um, without smoking it. There's edibles, there's tinctures, there's um, uh, 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 liquid um, you know, the, you, there's drinks, you know, so you can drink it, you can eat it, you can put it under your tongue. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity to enjoy cannabis as a method of, you know, m- dealing with your anxiety. Um, there's also the issue with, with the article is that it doesn't talk about like, um, the difference between like a high CBD, low THC cannabis product, right? Um, the THC is what makes your, is the psychoactive effect that what makes you high and feel out of it, right? Um, there are a lot of products out there that contain less than 4% THC. So you're getting um, this, the, the medical benefits or health benefits of CBD without getting high, without getting like all like dazed and confused, if you will, right? Um mm-hmm. And there's ways of, you know, I, I personally feel like one of the benefits of having edibles um, and those type of products in dispensaries now is you have an ability to dose yourself differently, right? Back in the day when it was um, illegal and maybe your friend or your, you know, would make some pot brownies, some weed brownies, you don't know exactly how many milligrams are going into the each brownie, right? So you eat a brownie from one person, it doesn't affect you at all. You eat a cookie from another person, you're fucked up for hours afterwards, right? Um, um, and it, trust me, it's not fun when you have a little bit too much THC in your system. Like it, it's, it, it'll fuck you up. Like, um, so I think that the benefit of having dispensaries is you can go there uh, by law. They have, they can only have so many milligrams and then each, um, candy is separated into either 10 milligrams or five milligram pieces. So you can do like what they say, um, especially people who have not really experimented with cannabis is low and slow, right? So if you go and say you get some gummies that are 10 milligrams each, uh, typically they're often, uh, they'll have like a little um, perforation where you could split that in half. So start with five milligrams or even half of that, right? 2.5. And so do that, give yourself about 20, 30 minutes, kind of see how the effects are, see how you're feeling before you, add more to your system because the thing about eating and ingesting cannabis is it it's a um a longer uh what do you call it uh response time to your system right Mm -hmm. if you're smoking a joint you're going to get immediate um effect from the cannabis whereas if you're eating it or drinking it you your system has to go through your system right so um liquid it's a little bit faster because you know with an edible, it's got a process in your guts and everything with liquid you're putting, it's, you know, it's like you're drinking it. So it's going to go a little bit faster tincture, even faster because you can put it under your tongue. And, um, because it's so those, uh, membranes are so absorbent right in, in your mouth. It's, it's going to, uh, the duration or the effect onset is going to go faster as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're worried about the effects of smoking cannabis, um, may have in regards to your risk around COVID and that and the other, like go and get an edible, check it out. You know, there are lots of opportunities to enjoy cannabis in many forms. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's the benefit of legalization, right? Is that you have an opportunity now to, um, 
you know, you can even get in capsule form where you don't even have to eat it. It's just a capsule and it has a cannabis in it. You pop a capsule and, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, you're, you're getting the effects that you want. And, um, you know, it's benefiting. I, I, I feel like there's a little bit of reefer madness to that article of that, you know, you're just going to be zoinked out on cannabis if you do any kind of cannabis. It, it all depends on the percentage of THC in the item that you're using. Also, the level of CBD. CBD counteracts the psychoeffective effect, uh, psycho effects of THC. So the higher CBD that you have the, the, and the lower THC, the lower psycho psychoactive effects you're going to have with the product. So if you're new to cannabis, I would recommend looking at something with a, a lot more CBD, maybe a two to one, maybe a one to one. And these are all things that are available at your local dispensaries. And I think, again, the benefit of legalization is that you, you can actually go and see how much is in it, what you're taking um, versus, you know, back in the day, you know, you buy an eighth and you, who knows where that came from and who knows, you know, if it was what it's, they say it is, oh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's Girl, Girl Scout cookie strain. And, you know, it's like, come on, you don't know, you don't know what mother plant it came from, um, this, that, and the other. So um, I think it be aware, be aware of what smoking might, what, what effect smoking might have on you and your lungs, especially if you're new to the game of cannabis. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that cannabis is a beautiful thing and, um, you know, I think it's better than alcohol personally, cause you know, and that, I mean, the other thing is, or we're not going to talk about alcohol and the effect, you know, that it can have on your system. Um, you know, the dehydrating effect, um, all those things too. So, uh, any substance can be uh, used and abused. And so just be aware of it and be knowledgeable about it. And, and if you don't know, you know, a lot of bud tenders know, they know some, it kind of depends on, you know, some, some will talk out their ass and they don't really know anything, but it's worth asking questions of your bud tender. If you're going in to a dispensary and purchasing, or if, you know, you know, somebody, a friend, family member that's, you know, um, use cannabis has been using cannabis um take them with you you know um have them have them help you out um because it's it's certainly something that definitely people are reaching to right i mean we're all trying to cope with this and i'm not you know promoting substances as a means to cope but we all use some sort of substance to numb out whether it's uh, alcohol cannabis food television you know um, we all numb. I mean, Brene Brown talks about that a lot is like, we, we all numb in some shape or form or fashion. So if cannabis is your way to kind of numb out for a bit, then just be knowledgeable about it. Just be, be cautious about it. Um, so that's my, that's my two cents on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think though, part of why I brought it was mostly about, um, that they're, you know, lung damage and lung damage happens with anything that you're inhaling. It can happen from, you know, pollution. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that. So um, we know, you know, miners with their black lungs that were down there in the coal mines inhaling, you know, so that's proven is that if you're smoking something and it's getting into your lungs, there's going to be damage yeah you know because we get damage just from carbon monoxide just from your regular air pollution around here right exactly so i'm bringing it to say if you're doing it look at other options to help reduce you know complications 
to yeah, your health. Potential complications. Yeah, if you get it. And, you know, and the way that things are going here is, you know, it's just a matter of time before we get it. I mean, we're, there is no plans. I'm not hearing plans here in this United States to eradicate it. All I'm hearing is just flattening the curve. Right. Yeah. So, well, you know, and I mean, you it's have going to be a matter of time. Right. And you have to think future in terms of, you know, if you look at the Spanish flu, there was a second wave. Right. Mm-hmm. So we are in the first wave of COVID right now. There will there will be a second wave probably in the fall because just like um you know there is some some credence to that it dies down as the weather gets warmer and also everything that we're doing by staying home is helping it but until we create a vaccine there will be a second wave once we do start opening up and going out again and people coming into contact with each other and people carrying it that don't have symptoms right like that Mm -hmm. is your 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 increasing exposure um, opportunity, which means people will then get sick again. And until there isn't yeah. a vaccine and a treatment to take care of it, there's going to be a second wave. So anything you can do to protect your lungs between now and then and protect yourself. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to come this. I just, you know, I never liked the dude to begin with. But now I don't even more. He just, you know, just shut up. Okay. Um, Let me guess. Let me guess. It ain't Trump. It ain't Trump. I know. So give me a, what's his uh, uh, letter of his first name? Uh, P as in Paul, but his name ain't Paul. Um, did we ever talk about him? Um, well, we've not actually talked about him per se, he was mentioned in, in past episodes. Oh, okay. So have we ever talked about it? Mm, I don't think so, actually. Okay, then yeah. I probably won't be able to guess. All right, this comes from Huffington Post. Um, Dr. Phil claims shutdowns are deadlier than coronavirus in Wild Fox News appearance. The TV, and I put in quote, psychologist, says loneliness will destroy more lives than the infection. This motherfucker. This how, does motherfucker. With, how does he get away with that? Because Is he like desperate for work? Clearly. 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 Uh, TV personality Dr. Phil McGraw appeared on Fox News on Thursday evening to slam the shutdowns intended to stop the spread of coronavirus mcgraw a psych a psychologist well i mean i guess he does have a you know, degree but, in psychology but you know okay but you're not an epidemiologist thank you you're not a dr fauci mm-hmm. you're not you're you're not a medical doctor right exactly if you were a, a um, psychiatrist, I could see you went through medical school, mm-hmm. you did, but you had no medical background. I believe he had to actually um, uh, relinquish his license at some point. Oh, really? Yeah. So he doesn't even have a license to practice psychology. 
Um, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find the article. I'll Google that. Yeah, Google that. Um, so he talked about the mental health toll on people living in isolation and said the lockdowns would create more destruction and actually more death across time than actual virus will itself. Then he compared the toll of the virus to other causes of death, which is that's what everybody keeps doing. Oh, more people die of car accidents per year. And he did this. 45,000 people a year die from automobile accidents. Um, four, 480,000 from cigarettes, 360,000 a year from swimming pools, McGraw said, but we don't shut the country down for that, but yet we're going to do it for this ignorant fool. Um, some of McGraw's numbers were off. According to the CDC, there are about 3,500 fatal unintentional drownings per year. Another 32,000 were killed in motor vehicle accidents. Swimming deaths and traffic fatalities are not contagious. That's the difference. People. Um, but lockdowns make people lonely, McGraw said, and loneliness will increase the risk of stroke, coronary artery disease, and dementia. Do you oh. have any proof of this? <laughs> like, <laughs> again, you're not a medical doctor. Yes, these things can increase your cortisol levels, which then can attribute to things like high blood pressure and, and other uh, uh, disease. Um, but, yeah, um, it's not just that the psychology the psychological their bodies actually start breaking down uh we think we're protecting people's lives by keeping them locked up you keep them locked up long enough there's a paradoxical effect you actually destroy more lives than you do by by letting them go out and protect themselves and opt into their lives into fighting what they believe in fucking ignorant what is he talking about i don't know at the the time what's he see he's talking about it as a mind game not a freaking disease yeah yeah um, he says, uh, so at the time of this, um, COVID has sickened more than 600 and 663,000 people and killed more than 30,000 people in the U S it's actually up to past 40,000 by now, by, by this current reading of this article, um, for the week beginning April 6th, COVID was America's number two cause of death behind heart disease. I believe it's gone to number one, um, as of now. Uh, McGraw also took questions from viewers. Um, uh, yeah, hold on. And as you said, as of now, okay. Yeah. Now, heart disease that was a whole year, right? Right. And we've only been dealing with this for four since or five months January. since January, it's December, yeah. January. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so McGraw took questions. This will end soon. He predicted we'll prob- we probably shouldn't have ever started this, but we just realized there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, he sounds like he is just a Trump fucking puppet. Like, bleh, 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 bleh. Um, if someone turns out to be the hero in this crisis, then the hero waiting, then we're a hero waiting for a crisis. He said, if you, they turn out to be a real jerk, then the jerk, then we're a jerk. Then they were a jerk for waiting for a stage Uh, like this, this ignorant fool, like one, it's obvious he's just looking for airtime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because his, his show came and went, it ran its course. It was, you know, it was looking for a paycheck. It was a good thing for the nineties when, you know, talk shows were all, you know, the rage. When Oprah helped his ass out. Exactly. Oh, he wouldn't be shit if it wasn't for Oprah. Right. And, you know, now he's out there. And the problem is there's a certain 
demographic of the population that listened to this kind of bullshit instead of to the facts of science. Instead of Dr. Fauci, exactly. who has a medical degree. And the epidemiologist who study has been studying. This is his life work. This is his, his life work is studying this. I mean, he got, he, he got his chops under the HIV. Right, yeah. HIV and AIDS crisis. That's this what he his... earned his stripes. Like <laughs> this is his field. I, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. The only person we should be listening to is Dr. Fauci. Right. The only person that should be giving press conferences around it should be Dr. Fauci. Right. All you other motherfucking fools need to just back just the fuck up, up shut out. your fucking mouth, and when Fauci says this is what we're doing, then then we do it. That's right. When Fauci says jump, we all jump. When Fauci says go outside, I'll go outside. When Fauci <laughs> says go back to work, I'll go back to work. Like yep. until then, Dr. Phil, like quote Dr. Phil, sit down, shut your mouth. Phil, Limbaugh, all uh, of them. All these other fools. All Even these... Dr. Oz. Oh my God. They're just uh, Yeah. I mean, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, I'll give him a little bit more cred because at least he's He's on the Fauci train of, you know, this is why we have to do it. This is what it means. Yeah. This is what flattening the curve means. Uh, he's talked about second wave. Um, like, just, it's, it's, it's fucking science. It's right. fucking, and you know, that's the thing that fucking pisses me off, right? Is these motherfucking assholes that went out last week protesting, right? And, oh, and yeah. they're still protesting, right? They're, they're yeah. protesting the yeah. stay-at-home orders, right? These are probably the same motherfuckers that used to talk shit about people who won't vaccinate their kids right yeah oh yeah you know oh you you're you don't get a choice and now they're out they're screaming my body my choice these yeah. are the same motherfuckers that are anti-abortion right like oh, oh excuse me now now all of a sudden your body your choice yeah. excuse me excuse all the me? while wearing a mask and uh being six feet away right yeah like <laughs> I'm like, you fool. And then they're in their cars, <sighs> you know, keeping their social distance. Right. I'm like, you fools, what? I don't understand what you're protesting. Oh, and then I saw this one, you know, and no offense, because I know you you believe in that Jesus, right? But mm -hmm. this lady was like, we have a higher power that will protect us. He will heal us. Uh, okay, that, yeah. That's speak, not, speak to that it. has nothing to do with Jesus. That it. has to do with ignorance. <laughs> Jesus was never ignorant, nor did he ever want people to be ignorant. Well, according to this lady. Uh, <laughs> this lady is ignorant, has absolutely no idea what is she, she is talking about, and would much rather just sit in church and listen to people rather than her doing her own research yeah. and reading and picking up the good Bible. Yeah. So no, no boo. So th this no. is a, this is a, you know, this Dr. Phil and all these other fucking ignorant fools that are out there putting this kind of information out into the ignorant brains of these people who are claiming that they should be, uh, their freedoms are being, um, trampled on, right? Like, oh, why are you trampling on my freedoms? Oh, well, wow, huh? People of color have been feeling that way for ever, right? And now, uh, all, of sudden, lives matter, baby. all of a sudden, civil liberties are important to you? Like, <laughs> what? Excuse me? Yeah, me? it's it's only when they're they feel like they're being, yeah, you know, that it's affecting them. And another thing is that. Most of these people, you know, they're also part of those fucking doomsday prepper type folks. 
I thought you've been training for this kind of shit. That, that's what, what the hell are you bitching about? I thought yeah. that's what you been- And here's the other thing. I'm like, how come you had the, you know, FBI out there raiding Waco and, you know. Right. Creating chaos. Uh, whenever black people are marching, mm-hmm. they're right there. They're ready to take them down. Here, they're carrying if guns. These were people of color. If these are people of color, making threats. Please, I, I'm like OMG. If these I, were I'm people tired. of color, oh my God, the National Guard, tear gas, oh, hoses, yeah. everything would be pulled out. But oh, no, yeah. a bunch of white men. They're fucking yeah. guns. Ugh. Right. Ugh. And to me, they're the more scarier because they're loonier. Yeah. They are they're, unstable. They're one string away from being unhinged. Unfucking stable. And yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, man. I just, I saw this. I'm like, Dr. Phil, shut up. Sit down. Yeah. Shut up. Go home. Your time's up. You had your 15 minutes of fame. Go to fuck home. We're done with and, you. And if he's so, intri- you know, if he's like, oh, loneliness, then you go out there. Yeah. You take your wife, your kids, your everybody, and you go and, you know, get right in the mix of it yeah. all. Right, Just exactly. Stay away from the grocery exactly. stores. I mean, the thing is, like, yes, does this cause loneliness and disconnection? Absolutely. So yeah. that's the that's the key in trying to find other ways to connect to people. Whether it's- well, and, see, and that's why we say physical distancing because social distancing is exactly what he's pointing out, which is the trauma business. Yeah. So, but I thoroughly disagree with him. And like you just pointed out, seek other ways Mm -hmm. to find that social, like what we're doing right here. We're on Google or hangouts. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think I, and you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the millennials and, and, and younger, they're really not probably having as much issue with the social media. That's how they've been connecting forever. You know, like (laughs) I remember, I remember being a, um, back when I was a therapist and I was working with this, this client and, you know, their mom was just up in arms about how much time they spent on these social medias and, you know, and, and the person, the, the, the client was saying, like, well, these are my friends and, you know, I have connection here. And the person, you know, struggled with, a, like, severe social anxiety, right? Yeah. And, but the mom just could not get past the fact that th- their, their child wouldn't go out and do stuff. It's like, yeah. they don't, I mean, this is connection for them. This is meaningful connection to them. Right. Right. Like, I think we as adults, as, as older adults, you know, in a, in a generation X and, you know, to, to boomer, we, we, we are so ingrained that there's only one way to socially connect with people. Right. Yeah. Um, Whereas like the younger generation is like, Psh, I've been talking to people around the world forever, you know, right. which if you think back, right, even the boomers, right. I remember it, pen pals was a big thing right oh yeah like i remember in grade school we wrote pen pals um yeah you know we were just given some address some random person and you know and how that was okay but yet we oh well that's not real that's not real connection you can't have a friendship through that blah blah blah. you absolutely can right absolutely can and that's probably more authentic because people are able to write down their true feelings exactly. than to actually express. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have, you have video connection where you can see someone from across the world and see where they live and how they live. 
and build that connection and, and knowing who they are, you know, would it be great if you could meet in real life? Yeah, that'd be great. But maybe it's sometimes not. they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there have been people that have been pen pals for forever mm-hmm. as they got older. They're like, hey, come to right. Australia now. And yeah. they meet their pen pal from for forever. Well, yeah. And I think about that now, too, is like anybody who did have like a pen pal before the Internet. Like, wow, how amazing it probably has been to then now even increase that ability to contact in real time versus waiting, right. you know, two weeks for a letter to get here. You know, like, exactly. um. So, Dr. Phil, go home. You done. Game over. Go go give us an update on Natalia. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that that's his expertise. (laughs) Go back to the 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 uh, um, inquiring minds type, want to know type stuff. Exactly. Stay out of science. Yeah. Yeah. Stay out of the science. About to do his work. (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and finish it up. All right, we back. Dude, what are you bringing to the table? Welcome back from our breaky break. Coming in and finishing up our stories. Um, we did this. We do have a uh, what do we call that? An edit, uh, episode edit. Um, Bloopers? edit. What are you talking about? Uh, well, not edit. Um, deviation from our norm. We we have decided this episode not to do rapid fire. Oh yeah. Um, and, and it's not something that we're going to continue, but we just, you know, we don't have all, it's hard to find stories that aren't COVID related. related. And so we're going to have to dig a little bit deeper into our, our archives or to not to mention anonymous has not been doing mm-hmm. our and, job. And Jason hasn't seen shit. So Jason, yeah, I don't know anonymous? what's going on. I, maybe I need to reach out. Oh, actually, I need to give Jason a break. His grandma passed away last weekend. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I won't come down on our new cousin. So, yeah, um, I get it. I understand. Yeah. Um, grieving. The grieving process. But anonymous. But anonymous. Unless something What's going on? is that I have not heard. What's happening? That's right. What's, What's happening? happening? I need I need some stories. Um. So yeah. So we're gonna skip our rapid fire on today's episode, but we will finish up now with a couple more stories. Uh, so yeah. what you got coming at us for your last story? Well, I do want to do a uh, what's update oh. on not even a what's update, but what I said what I was gonna. Yeah, oh. go ahead. Okay. Oh, just so that what you can get yeah. What's update? Well, that was kind of that was kind of low. What is your what's update? There, there you go. There we go. Um, turn the so, because we were talking about Dr. Phil, and you were like, "Oh, I don't know if he even oh, has yeah, a license." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Google search it, and so he has he holds a doctorate in clinical psychology. Okay, okay. So he does have a but degree, not, but he is not licensed to practice. See, that's what I was thinking. No, and I don't know why he's not licensed. Why he gave that up, I don't know. You know, I, I remember reading an article as to why, um, I think it was, it was around some sort of ethics thing came up, like someone filed a complaint with the board, you know, which happens. And, um, I think then he, he chose to, uh, relinquish his license, um, which often happens with ethics complaints is that instead of fighting it, um, a licensed, uh, person will decide, okay, well, I'm going to just going to go ahead and just let my license go and not try to renew it so um yeah i don't know if you can find anything as to the reason why but i do remember reading something had come up 
and there was a yeah. ethics. So oh, here, here it is. Oh. It's Wikipedia for whatever it's worth, okay. but it's similar to what you said. So it's, he was brought up on ethics charges for having an inappropriate non-physical relationship with a patient in Texas in January 1989 and had a formal criminal complaint filed against him in California in 2008 for practicing psychology without a professional license or certification mm. and violating doctor patient I'm assuming doctor patient privilege mm. confidentiality in connection with an incident with Britney Spears in 2008 Whoa. So it says McGraw is shown to have voluntary voluntarily surrendered his uh Texas license in 2006 and he has never held a license to practice psychology in any other state including California since this has led several leading clinical psychologists in California to question whether his program violates the law by offering the services of a psychologist despite the voluminous paperwork that his production company asked guests to sign stating that they are only receiving advice on the program hmm. okay oh Practicing psychology without a license in California is a felony. Damn. Yeah. So uh, who's our cheating? Who's the marathon cheater? Oh, Emily Clark. Yeah. Don't yeah. go to Cali, girl, because <laughs> like they're going to string you up. She's in Michigan now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I'm going to have to do some. I guess I got to do that research into what is the qualifications to be licensed in Michigan, because I don't know yeah. how that girl went over to Michigan and all of a sudden is licensed. Right. Uh, and and psychology different from what Dr. Fauci. Again, Dr. Fauci is a, me a medical, medical doctor, doctor yeah. who has studied viruses. That's his business yeah, is studying viruses, what they do, yeah. how they affect the body. Right. You know, yeah. And where Dr. Phil, he just studied somebody's brain and what we know from when he graduated. Right. So much has, you well, know, happened in brain it's, development. It's so like it's it's negligent even to say what he said, right? Yeah. He, he he basically said there's a cause and effect around loneliness. There are many other factors that come into play around loneliness and and that sort of thing we do know that people who have certain mental illnesses um often have higher rates of other um uh physical illnesses because of what it does chemically in your body um yeah. stress what stress does in your body as well right um so but it doesn't it's not causing it's not like cause and effect right it's not causation like being huh. lonely doesn't mean you're gonna die in six months because you were lonely from being in covid right what right. it means is that you need to pay attention to your mental health and in during this time if you're feeling isolated if you're feeling uh shut in like what resources are available for you to reach out and 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 come into contact with people right do you right. need to contact a crisis line or, or a warm line right maybe not a crisis line maybe not in crisis but there's there's something called a warm line where it's not meant for um mental health crises it's just meant for like hey i'm feeling kind of yeah like i i just yeah. i need to sound yeah it's like a it's like the yeah. before crisis right so somebody to talk to right um so i i just think it's negligent for him to act like this is going to kill loneliness is going to kill people right like right you know yeah. and, and, and like it's not like we are like living in Alaska bush right. where 
you know, I can't say hi to my neighbor. Right. Like, yeah. Keeping social distancing. Hey, how are you doing? Picking up a damn phone call. Right. Or, you know, picking up the phone or. I mean, go for a walk not, and then you yes. see someone and say hi. And, you know, like as opportunities to to be social with people that maybe you don't you never met. Right. Your neighbor no. you never met. Like, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I haven't met it Tom yet. Hanks movie. The one that Cast he had away. Wilson. Yeah. That, that, yes, that, that will kill you. That's loneliness. That's isolation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you bet when your best friend is a volleyball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you start having a Wilson, then yes, Dr. Phil, I'll be on your bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Then, we then, aren't even remotely close to yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just ugh. Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. All right. What you got on your last story for us? Um, sorry, I was my phone was on Doctor Phil. So give me give me some (laughs) seconds. Okay, so uh, I actually hmm. oh this one. Okay, this again I have to do because of again as women and as people of color Mm -hmm. or you know minorities Mm -hmm. were always getting hit. The hardest health disparities. So this one came out of um, WAFF forty eight. So it's a Miami, you know, Miami, Florida deal. Um, so this one came out April fourteenth. An emergency. Oh, this is Miami doctor temporarily loses custody of four year old daughter due to coronavirus. What? Yeah. An emergency room doctor in Miami is appealing the emergency order that temporarily stripped her of custody from her four-year-old daughter while she treats patients during the coronavirus pandemic. What? Dr. Teresa Green, an emergency medicine physician in Miami, calls the judge's order discriminatory after it suspended her shared custody of her four-year-old with her ex-husband, Eric Green. She is appealing the ruling that the judge said would protect the best interest and health of the minor child. Teresa Green and her ex-husband have been divorced for almost two years and have split time with their daughter evenly. She says if they were still married, no one would be questioning whether she could go home to her daughter. That's correct. I think it's not fair. It's cruel to ask me to choose between my child and the oath I took as a physician. She said, I won't abandon my team at work or the patients who will increasingly look to me to save their lives in the coming weeks, but it's torture. The doctor says she's been able to wear a few personal protective equipment while treating patients and she's done everything she can to avoid contracting COVID-19. She also says her daughter generally stays with her ex-husband when she works. Yes, it's severe and there's danger. We're being very careful, she said. We use everything we can. I've actually worn equipment above and beyond to protect myself and my child. Teresa Green says her daughter doesn't understand what's happening due to her age. She, she says she doesn't know when she'll be able to see her again in person because there's no way to know when the pandemic will be over. She knows mommy's sad, but she doesn't understand. I really worry about the toll that's going, that's 
going to take on her, she said. I want her, when she grows up, to be proud of me by abiding by the oath that I took when I went into medicine. But I also know that she needs me now, too. Hmm. Eric Green's attorney, Paul, said in a statement that they have the utmost respect for Dr. Green's commitment to her critical work during this pandemic. He says she will be providing that he says she will be provided future makeup time sharing for each day missed during this challenging time and video daily video communication with her daughter. Come on. What is that? Come on. You had to take this all the way to court. That's so a, don't try to sound like you're being generous yeah, now. That's a disgruntled father who thought here's an opportunity to, to get after her. Right. Yeah. Right. As if she's wants to be willy nilly with her own health so that she could give it to her kid. Right. And if, if anybody understands the danger and needing to be extra careful, there you it's go. her. Exactly. Like I could see if you came up and said, "Hey, she ain't using a mask. She ain't washing her hands. Right. She ain't doing nothing." And she's she put in coming her in, hugging her daughter right from work. You know, blah blah blah. Like my guess is she set up extra precautions when she gets home. Um, you know, sharing. Now, as soon can as you she imagine a store worker, somebody working in a store? Right. They could both. This sets precedent that now you can start doing emergency absolutely. custodies because right. people are working in you know high risk. And how situations. many people of color work in those professions? Right, disproportionate. Yep. You know, representation once again. Yeah. Oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah. That's some bullshit right there. Uh, that's I had to bring that because that was mm. like an example. As a woman, now she's getting dinged right. more times. Exactly. You know? yeah. I haven't heard of a male doctor having this happen. Right? Yeah. And like you said, it sets a precedent. So now are we going to fucking start going through every doctor that has a kid? And be like, oh, you can't see your kid. Gonna take take your kids. Grocery away. store workers, home health care yeah. workers, you know, people that are deemed essential could yeah. potentially be losing exactly. their kids, right. you know, because of this. And who knows when they're gonna be able to go back to court to reverse exactly. this? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm like with you. Like if if there was a shown uh, proof of negligence in the beginning, right, of her behavior, not you know, taking extra precautions, then I could say, yeah, I could say, yeah, you know, yeah, you probably should go back and say, Hey, this isn't safe right now, but she, there's, there's no proof of that. There's no proof of right. negligence, right? Like, uh, fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when she says I do everything, including extra fucking Florida. Yep. Fucking exactly. Florida. Ugh, Jesus. So uh, I can't. It don't matter. I can't. Well, I'm gonna um end on this one, uh, because we've talked a little bit about, you know, what, what happens after. Uh this is coming from Psychology Today. And now I do want to preface this. We all know that Psychology Today is a little bit like the Cosmo of mental health magazines, right? I mean, yeah. it's not that bad, but you know, it's a little, it's, it's yeah. meant for it's, the, the, yeah. the lay person, if you will, to it's read. Like a, it's like a, a true story that has had, yeah, you know, I mean, embellishments. And not so much embellishments, but it's, it's written in a way to kind of, you know, help the, the, the regular reader who maybe doesn't have the level of understanding of psychology and mental health, you know, so that it's, it's easy to, to digest. 
for yeah. people who don't have uh, a mental health lens, you know, um, you know, it definitely has, it doesn't have Dr. Phil writing articles. These are, you know, usually board certified psychologists, mental health providers, et cetera, that are contributing to these, um, uh, these articles, but they are written in a way that, you know, is it's not like a journal that are boring and dry. Like they're written in a way for us to, to digest easily. Um, so this is a, what will be, what will it be like when the lockdown lifts mental health aftershocks will linger and reco- recovery will take time. Although we don't know exactly when at some point in the future, self isolation will end and many of us will return to offices, restaurants and houses, um, of worship but what will that look like one thing is for sure we will never return to normal we will net we will return to a new normal and each of us will have repair work to do as we re-enter the world physically of physical proximity to co-workers reconnecting with friends neighbors and loved ones and not um and not just contagion worries many of us will face recovery from psychological trauma of having lived under chronic uncertainty isolation financial insecurity job loss and for some the death of friends and loved ones taken together enough trauma for a massive mental health crisis the trauma like it like the virus will not simply disappear for some it will continue to linger in our memories daydreams and nightmares what can we expect and what measures can we take Disaster researchers warn that the pandemic could inflict long-lasting psychological trauma on unprecedented global scale. With some 2.6 billion people worldwide in some kind of lockdown, Elk Van Hoof, professor of health psychology and primary care physician at, I'm not even going to try, um, a university in Brussels calls the lockdown the biggest psychological experiment and predicts we will pay the price though through a secondary epidemic of burnout and stress-related absenteeism in the latter half of 2020. Van Hoof cites one of one study in China where parents were quarantined with children that reported no less than 28% of quarantined parents warranted a diagnosis of trauma-related mental health disorder. In short, And perhaps unsurprisingly, people who are quarantined are very likely to develop a wide range of symptoms of psychological stress and disorder, including low mood, insomnia, stress, anxiety, anger, irritability, emotional exhaustion, depression, and post-traumatic stress symptoms. Low mood and irritability specifically stand out as being very common in these study notes. Um, So it goes on to talk about um, the description of trauma is simply too much or too little of uh, for too long. Um, People worldwide are under perceived inescapable attack from an invisible enemy, which causes an imbalance in the nervous system. The stress response is set off and continually loads our bodies with hormones meant to meant for short action. The kinds of things we might notice are accelerated heart rate, rapid breathing, and fatigue. After a prolonged period of time, our bodies become depleted, impacting our thoughts and sense of well-being, leading to a plethora of mental health conditions, including anxiety and depressive disorders. Um, human contact is essential for healthy completion of psychological mourning, but with added self-distancing, um, a lonely and isolating experience unto, uh, unto itself can be compounded and prolonged after quarantines are lifted. With appropriate human contact, many people are at risk of prolonged grief disorder, um, a syndrome affecting 10 to 20% of people characterized by preoccupying and disability symptoms such as depression, somatic distress, and social withdrawal that can persist for decades. So unlike Dr. Phil, 
th this actually talks about proven studies that show what these effects can have. Um, I think one of the things that, you know, it talks about uh, in terms of like the future um, where you have like a lingering risk of potential health threat, right? It's because we don't know when we go back out, like how, how will it work for us to be exposed again to people on a mass scale? Um, we then have that, like I said, there's a second wave that's going to happen. So then there's a continued fear of losing folks to this, um, loved ones to this disease. Um, uh, financial and food insecurity. Again, we talked about that. Like if you, if you've gone into the hospital or your friends or family member has gone into the hospital and they've lost their health insurance because they lost their job because of it, you have that financial insecurity that you're looking at. Um, moral injuries of healthcare workers being asked to reuse protective equipment. I mean that, you know, mentally the healthcare workers, what they're going through on top of like that piece of them constantly being exposed. We know that, uh, uh, frontline workers, uh, people in the human service field experience a secondary trauma from the work they do just in general at baseline. When you add a, a, a pandemic like this, where they're seeing people die on a daily basis and they're unable to do anything that causes a prolonged traumatic uh, effect in their mental health. So well, I would also assume that when they hear and see protesters out there saying, exactly. right? you know, they're seeing, they're like the front lines of the war and they're seeing fools up in there acting yeah. like it's not a big deal. Right. And they're seeing people dying mm -hmm. and how it's killing them. So 100%. I would assume, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it does mention some of the things that you can do, right? Um, Self-care. Uh, always putting yourself at the end of the line in is a grave disservice and actually works against you. Self-care makes your use of time more sustainable, healthy eating, rest, regular exercise, give your, give you stamina to withstand, um, any threat of survival. Um, take care of yourself first and you will be able to give to others. Uh, remember halt H A L T when worry and stress take hold, stop and ask yourself if you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. This alert signal can bring you back to balance. If one or a combination of the four states is present, slow down, take breaths and chill. If you're hungry, take time to eat. If you're angry, address the, um, address it in a healthy manner. If you're lonely, reach out to someone you trust. And if you're tired, rest, indulge yourself. You deserve it. Eat a bowl of cereal and watch Real Housewives. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was just about to say that. Yeah. You've just been validated. <laughs> um, limit news feeds. I That's one I've been definitely doing. And, and, and we have to. Yeah. We're podcasters. We're the talent here. We have well, to bring it to the table. It's kind of funny because um, I was, uh, so I'm, I'm doing my therapy teletherapy right now. Um, so my last session, I was kind of talking to the, my therapist about like just this feeling of like the news and, you know, and so, you know, I, I know all of this, but sometimes you just have to have someone validate yeah. you. Right. Like, yeah. so, you know, he was talking about like, you know, picking a news source that I trust. And I always, I've done that all, always anyway. Right. Like I'm not watching Fox news. I'm not watching, right. you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at NPR. I'm looking at Politico. I'm looking at things that I can trust, you know. Um, I said, but I said, however, part of the problem is I have a podcast and I do have to look at some of the news, like, what? you know, um, so, but even that, like I, I'm, I'm trying to find little bits of time to do it rather than where I was before. And, you know, we were talking at, 
about TikTok on the break. That's kind of why I've ventured over to TikTok as a form of social media entertainment. It's none of like when I look at my Facebook, it's just news feed after news feed of different stories that get me and they do. They just gets me like down and I'm like, I don't need this in my brain right now because remember, there is very little that we can control about this. The one thing that we can control is staying home. And I can't, uh, as much as it saddens me to see the number of deaths, I can't see it every day. I just can't, I can't do it to myself anymore. Like, yeah. And there was, you know, in the beginning of this where I was kind of watching like the daily tracker. Right. And now maybe about once a week, I kind of, you know, check in, see what's what. Um, I, uh, I'm on a, I get, I subscribe to emails from um, Oregon health authority. And so they put out a, you know, a, a, a report um, anytime there's a new COVID death or whatever. So, you know, I try to limit that because it was, it was just bringing me down. And it's like, I can't do anything about people dying. Like I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not on the front lines. Um, and, and, and hearing and reading about it to me was just, Oh, was, yeah, it was bringing me down. So limit your newsfeed, um, additional trauma resources. And this is kind of what we we're leading to before around. If you're feeling isolated, there are places that you can look for assistance. So there's the SAMHSA's national center for trauma informed care. Um, the national center for trauma informed care, um, uh, is also another website you can go to the national center for domestic violence and trauma and mental health, the national child traumatic stress network. Um, you can also, uh, there's a disaster distress helpline available at 1-800-985-5990. Um, if you're finding, feeling overwhelmed by stress and anxiety, there's also your local, um, uh, Oregon trauma informed Oregon. I'm going to give a plug for them. Um, that's the people who trained me around trauma informed care. Um, they have a website, they're doing, uh, a whole section on their website about dealing with the stress and, and mental health aspects of, of COVID. So, um, there's a lot of resources out there to reach out and get help. Um, but you know, this isn't going to end when the, the curve flattens, it's going to continue. And, you know, I hope, one of the things is that we just be kind to each other, you know, through this, like, I, I have noticed work-wise, there's, there's, a, there's a more understanding of less of an expectation of productivity and just like, how are you doing day to day? Right. I mean, yeah. at least in my work, I don't, I can't say that for everybody's work, but I know in my work and my agency, we're really like being mindful of, Hey, if you just need to check out, you just need to check out. Right. Yeah. It's not about deadlines and productivity and numbers. And, and, and I hope that's something that we take away from this is that that is not what, that's not what it should be about. Right. At the end. Right. Like, right. Just, just, just survive, you know? Yeah. Right. Mentally. Yeah. You know, just survive mentally and, and uh, you know, and yes, I agree. We're all going to be changed because this is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. You know, the situation And, you know, even though we start coming out of it, yes, we're going to have these fears, but the great thing about, uh, you know, what quote unquote, they talk about resilience is that we're, we have the ability to change. We have our prefrontal cortex that helps us get through Mm -hmm. and makes sense and starts to bring our anxiety down, but we just can't let it we just can't let the, you know, the fear, you know, that 
Right. We have to remind ourselves ourselves of the level of resilience that we do have, right? Right. Especially in these moments, right? Like, so reminding yourself, oh, okay, I've made it through every, every worst day of my life, I've made it through. Right. right. So I'm right. 100% making it through the worst days of my life. So right. that's resilience, right? And how do you right. build those resilience factors and resilient and build your resilience muscle? Because you're going to need that. You're going to need those things. And again, I think that one of the benefits of this, you know, staying at home and kind of slowing down is hopefully other, I mean, I feel like I've kind of recognized it prior to this, but hopefully mm-hmm. other people are recognizing it's okay to slow down. It's okay yeah. to take time. It's okay to, we don't have to be in this massive productivity mode all the time. And human connection is important. Checking in with your, your friends and family and loved ones is important. Checking in with your coworker, right? Supporting each other. All those things are important. And so right. hopefully we can take that into the new normal because it's not, we're not going to go back to how things are. We can't, right? This, this bell yeah. has been rung and we can't unring this bell. And so we have to learn from this. We have to learn how to take care of each other. Even after this, um, all of this has ended and it's going to be sometime, right? It's, it's, you know, um, yeah, well, well, we did it. We made the episode happen. Um, we didn't lose it to the ether ethernet. What did you say? The dark, dark web. web. <laughs> we are in the light web. Yep. We're, we're making it work. So, um, yep. you know, hopefully, it, hopefully next week it'll work again and we'll just be able to keep putting. A- hopefully I'll be here. <laughs> yes. Let's please hope sure. Okay. Both of us. I shouldn't be laughing. I shouldn't be joking about that. Yeah. But humor is a form of resilience. Yeah, but, you know, (laughs) but what happens? That's the thing that I could get into is like, I'm going to have to, you know. Well, and you know, it's a fucking terror. We talked about this, I think, before, but it is a terrible time to have allergies right now. Yeah. Which I have been experiencing. If you got allergies, if you got COPD, Mm -hmm. you know, other things that mimic symptoms. Because then your brain goes to, I mean, you know, every little thing. I'm like, oh, you know. Um, that's why I said, I don't even have those symptoms. I'll get hot flashes <laughs> and I'm already, I got the COVID, you know, it's the COVID, it's, I, the COVID. it's hot flash, <laughs> exactly. you know, I got a fever. I, oh got, my God. I got the hot flashes and the allergies. Yeah. And actually so I was reading an article that, uh, the pollen count is highest as it's ever been. And, oh, wow. um, and I, I, this is my theory. I am not a scientist. So I'm going to put that out there. Don't, but theoretically, this is my theory is, well, since there's less pollution because there's less driving, all these plants and flowers are thriving right now. Right. So they're putting out the pollen, baby. They're like, (laughs) boom, boom. Let me throw my scent out all. And there's nobody that's making me die. And so now I'm just like, where did these allergies come from all of a sudden? You know, I never, in 40 some years, I never had any allergens. Now it's like, I'm taking that Claritin like every other day, it seems like. I'm telling you, you got to do it every day at the same time. Yeah. I don't don't know why I'm so resistant to it. I'm just like, oh, I'll be fine today. I'll be fine today. And so I'll go a day and I won't do it. And then like today I'm like, oh God, I got to take one of these 
sneezing at all. We wake up and I'm sneezing. Hot chow, hot chow, hot chow. And it's already too late. You're yep. going to have those symptoms. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, folks, okay. thanks for listening. Um, yep. And we'll be back at this hopefully next week. And until then, nos vemos. Adios. Daisy, Daisy, what's your safe word? What's your safe word, Daisy?